0: Out there in podcast land, and welcome back to the podcast of us, a Last of Us after show from the Front Row Network on NPR Illinois. I'm Jeremy Geckner. Back. Uh, I was here on episode one, took a couple of breaks um, for a couple of episodes there, and uh, now I am back, and I am happy to be bringing you this review of episode four of the series. Please hold to my hand, and also welcoming a brand new guest for the first time you know her if you listen to the front row network at all because she's all over the place and one of the biggest fan favorites there is my wife mrs sarah Baltusovich geckner what is up dude not
1: much dude
0: yeah another show that you get to guess on (laughs) Uh, you no, know how right. this happens. Yeah, I don't you, have
1: anybody else to guess. Can I don't have use? anybody. Yeah, uh,
0: can you please just come on and and, and, and do this, please?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm never top choice. I'm just the person who lives with you. You're always
0: the first choice, but you are very uh, demanding with your demands. Um, so I just go to bed at eight. <laughs> yeah, that's the main demand. <laughs> have to be in bed by the time the kids are in bed. Uh, no, but this is interesting though, um, because you know normally we have one of the Super GG Radio guys on here. You know somebody who's actually played the video game the last of us yeah unfortunately neither me. of us have
1: <laughs> yeah no i played um summon 64 in my day but that's yeah, about it <laughs> she
0: was definitely uh, top notch on Goldeneye, but uh, unfortunately golf. yeah mo- uh, definitely mario golf um but <laughs> unfortunately not much there but i do think that that's going to be an interesting perspective though not to have that from the game because we just get to kind of you know, take our impressions of the series so far. So, Sarah, you know, this is the first time nobody's heard your thoughts on this show, like, at all. Um, you know, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. so far of the entire series? We've seen four episodes now. There's going to be five more coming out. Um, you know, what are you, or six, I think. Uh, but what, what are your impressions of all of the episodes so far, one through four?
1: Um, Yeah, I think it's a really interesting premise. I mean, you know, if I didn't know it was based on a video game, I would still think it was, like, really pretty well done and pretty awesome. Um, you know, the whole doomsday zombie thing has been done a lot. (laughs) So, you know, you have to, to bring something new to it. And, um, I think this one does that. I'm also a huge Pedro Pascal fan. So I really, really like his character and what he's bringing to it. And I mean, I was not prepared for last week to sit and just absolutely (laughs) ball my eyes out to the point of, I mean, having to pause and then blow my nose into one of our son's like burp mm-hmm. rags. Yeah, you're, t- you're talking
0: episode three, long, long time, of course. Yes, mm-hmm. I
1: am. So, um, yeah that that one. Whew, I know it wasn't like a a fan favorite for some because I it
0: strayed from. No, but I'll, whatever, I'll tell from, you from what this. I've read,
1: it strayed from. The game in that this character story wasn't back built as much as they did here. Yes, it's he's,
0: he's a tertiary. Well, tertiary is not fine. He's a pivotal character in the game, at a point. But yeah, you don't get a lot of time with him. His backstory isn't fleshed out. A well, lot, and so. it's
1: probably important for the show to, to you know make some twists and turns, or else it would probably be just a yeah, kind of boring shot rehash, for shot of yeah. the game. <laughs> but yeah, I I really really liked last week. It was just a, a beautiful story in the midst of um crazy things going around which is not something you get you know you get that with the walking dead but not like this you get that mm. with some other you know so it was really nice to see that and then the the main storyline the relationship that's developing between Joel and Ellie is really really fun and mm. where it started to head this week is was kind of my favorite part of this week's episode we can talk about that
0: so. yeah yeah there's been uh, any number of people on the furrow network that talked about last week's episode episode three um you know the love story of frank and bill i uh, i won't add to it too much here Other to say what you said uh, incredible episode uh all the emmys should go to this episode yeah. um, even though we just had them so i don't know we'll see if it has i'm sure linda some ronstadt
1: music is like Jumping up, it's about to say, percentages yeah, percentages on like Spotify.
0: Lina Ronstadt's got to be climbing up there. It's like when uh, the Blues won the Stanley Cup and glory came to. Like when Kate a- <laughs> Bush was on Stranger Kate Things. Bush Stranger last the year. All the like, you got to find one of those eighty songs and just like put it in a perfect episode. Yep, that just drive it into the ground there. Um, no, so um, you're right though. Like the main crux of this most recent episode. This is actually, I think, one of the shortest episodes we've got. Yeah, I
1: literally like last night when we were watching it. I was like, wait, it's over.
0: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, I think well, it was only like forty minutes. Or something. Yeah, it's interesting because the debut episode an hour and twenty one minutes. Um, the second episode fifty three. Last week's uh, long long time was an hour and sixteen minutes, and this one clocks in at forty five. So. Yeah, and
1: like, but I, I feel like with like credits and like after stuff, it wasn't even that long. Like, no, it really I, well, short. I
0: mean that's the thing. Like, it definitely felt shorter. It and did, I and sure. you know, I don't think that that's like a detriment. No, so to I speak, just think but, they,
1: that was the story they had to tell for this week, and they didn't need to prolong it.
0: So. Yeah, they Well, and and you're right. Like the key function of this episode um, I think you pinpointed which is Joel is now starting to kind of succumb to Ellie's. I don't know if you want to call him charms, but he's there's the quirks. relationship, yeah, quirks is a good way. But the relationship is deepening, um, between these two. Um, and you know, it, it's a fascinating thing, and you're right. This is what's so interesting about this whole subset of like ap- apocalyptic shows and like end time shows or something like that. Zombie shows is you know, like so much is made of the spectacle of those kinds of things. You know, we got to see some of the uh, infected, I don't know know what you even call mushroom heads i get clickers, clickers um last week or two weeks ago but you really now are getting the sense of what made this game such a standout among every video game player which is like the depth of the emotion of the story um and so you know right off the bat there Tell me what do you think is happening with Joel um, as we get to this episode here, um, you know, throughout the entirety of this. It's clear that his defenses are coming down here. But, like, what do you think is just going through this guy's mind like as we're watching Like, in what context? Well, you know, what? like, there's so many things that he has to deal with. Tess has been killed. Now he learns that Frank and Bill are, are gone, you know. and so, he's, I But mean, he's finally <laughs> got the ability with a truck to try and get out to find his brother.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing his, his beginning goal of just trying to basically trade Ellie for the car battery is... Is kind of gone out the window with Tess being gone, and they got a car battery basically because they got yeah. another car. Um, so I think you know his his goals have definitely shifted at this point. Um, well, because he
0: promised Tess, right? Like- well, right, yeah,
1: he promised Tess that he would get Ellie where she needs to be. So I'm sure he's just trying to fulfill that promise, and I think it's starting to become um, a more protective relationship of her. You know, he still hasn't shown that real emotion and mm-hmm. that real connection to her like he had with his own daughter but um and i think that's probably why um because of Keeping what happened to her yeah length, that distance yeah. so he doesn't ever have to deal with anything like that again but yeah i think he's starting to see her more as um a, a person and a teenage girl than just like someone he has to move a, you know a piece of cargo <laughs> cargo is what we call her yeah and so yeah she's With her puns this week, she's starting to show, you know, this just, she really is still a kid and that's kind of coming out in, in her this week. And I think he's starting to see that and him apologizing. He, know, he told her he he was sorry that, you know, she's so young going through all this because, you know, she's a, she's never lived in another time. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, I think his goals have shifted in that he really just need knows he needs to protect her now, um, fulfill his promise to Tess and then. I guess, figure it out from there. I don't know that he intends to go back yeah. because Tess is gone now. Does he really have a, a reason to? I mean, I don't that's, know. No, so. that's a
0: good point, though, because, you know, like, I think his goal has now shifted. He's got a twofold goal, right? He wants to fulfill the promise he made to Tess to get, his to get Ellie there and find Tommy. So it's one of those Tommy? things. Tommy? I think it's a Tommy. Uh, but, like, it's one of those things that, like, the more I'm watching Pedro Pascal on this show, the more I'm realizing, and it's not that I didn't realize this before, but, like, He's gone from, like, to me, a popular actor I like to watch, and he's quickly morphing into what a person I think is just a really, really great actor. <laughs> and it's just, oh, yeah. there are subtleties that he does throughout this entire show so far that. Like transcend some of the stuff, you know. Like it's always like the very first pun. You could tell like the he wheels, to laugh. Yeah. yeah. The wheels are turning, but like there is no betrayal on his face. It's like all done through the eyes, and you know you can tell like there's something there, but he's yeah. not gonna. If you it.
1: don't watch it really close, you miss like some of those little tiny smiles or very small, small nods he'll give every once in a while. But it's just so guarded that it's very hard to catch if you don't really yeah, the, well, watch. But then you know that's something that is that's completely thrown out the window by the end of the episode when he just finally lets himself really laugh. Yes. And that's and, such uh, a great moment.
0: That is one of my favorite moments of the show, bar none <laughs> so far, because you're right, like the first one is just, I, I think he's still kind of just like putting up the front, like the annoyed front and everything. I think the scarecrow one, when they're camping in the woods, yeah. that's the one where if you don't see, if you don't look for it, there is the slightest very smallest little grin that he has mm-hmm. when he turns back over. I don't know if it's like proud of himself for knowing the answer, or yeah. you know, for like making her laugh. It's yeah, like ah, oh, you jerk, you guessed it, and stuff like that. Yep,
1: yeah. But then the the diarrhea one.
0: <laughs> I mean, and that yeah, and then he's just like completely lets loose. And you're right. Like I, I don't like. It, I'm sure it was that way for you too. Like when I see him laughing in there, I just had the biggest grin on mm-hmm. my face. I was,
1: I mean, it's a terrible joke, but I even catch myself <laughs> laughing just watching him. Finally, it was just like the floodgates finally opened, and he just yeah. let himself laugh. It was, and it was kind of enjoy like a a moment, an unburdening
0: her. of a sorts. It wasn't right? it just right. like kind of like yeah, you can like. There's take, still <laughs>
1: things that are funny. There's still human emotion in this world, you know.
0: Yeah, and it kind of it kind of relays the other big point that um, the conversation that he and Ellie have in the car earlier in the episode two, where she basically asks, you know, like if you don't have any hope for the world, like it, cause you know, they're talking about like the hope of a cure or what the fireflies stand for in mm. this world mm. of trying to like make the world better you know she basically asks him point blank you know if you don't think there's hope for the world then why go on you -hmm. know like why keep living anyway and you know you remember what he says
1: yeah what's his answer
0: Well, he says you know like family family is the reason um and you know so he obviously still has Tommy but he said you know Tess became like family and I think he even relays the story like there was a time when he was caring and he actually joined up with the Fireflies and you know like he was trying to do all that stuff but it's just it always kind of just breaks down for him
1: (laughs) Mm mm-hmm yeah, I mean I just think he I think after he lost Sarah, it you know, it just there wasn't a lot for him to to go on for and even as time has gone by, that's just not something you get over. No. And not I even just, with 20 years. <laughs> no, absolutely not. So I think him even letting his guard down a tiny bit to even laugh at a joke may maybe even feels like a betrayal. Yeah yeah so
0: no i and i i can totally see that and i think that's a pretty apt uh comparison there and you know it, it is like i i in a way this episode is like it's got the some of the most action that we've seen um well in i mean it just points. feels that
1: way because last week wasn't as much i mean but but the yeah. beauty thing about last week was like even in the midst of this love story there was still you know fires and guns yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> there have to be <laughs> still kind of a lot of
0: that but well and, and what i mean by that is just like there's, you know, obviously the big, you know, confrontation in Kansas City, and we'll get yeah. into that in a second. And, in and, you know, yeah. um, but really this episode is more, I think it's all about seeing this natural progression yeah. of the relationship between Joel Definitely and
1: Definitely about this progression between the two of them and their relationship and, um... I think a lot of it to him finding out that she had a gun and instead of, you know, really scolding her kind of helping her with it more so than yeah. taking it from her. And then also to introduce this rebel group, which obviously is going to play some kind of part yeah. next week too.
0: Yeah. So. And this is interesting. Um, you know, so let, let's kind of get to that here um, now, because I, I do know from, you know, my researching of the game and everything like that, that I, um, you know, the the group of people that they encounter in Kansas City, I believe the creator of the game on the after show said, you know, like these are really more just characters in the game that are kind of like obstacles. They're kind of just like the cannon fire thing you have to fight through and they don't really have a lot of backstory. Um, but now they're really fleshing them out. And so what we get and what we surmise from this group is that, you know, they are kind of a group of. You know the downtrodden that kind of overthrew Fedra in this Kansas City. So quarantine they're not Fireflies,
1: zone. but they're not.
0: Fedra. Yeah, they're not Fedra. They're not Fireflies, but I think they're probably like the people that Fedra was kind of like. I don't I don't know what the right word is because you know Fedra is in in a, a, you know all rights and words and and meanings like a kind of fascist totalitarian thing that's happening right now mm-hmm. and it seems like these people especially from Melanie Linsky's character Kathleen you know Fedra did a lot of damage to a lot of people around here and they're kind of like exacting their revenge in a yeah, way Yeah so
1: more so just rebels against Fedra but not going as far as to be I mean, they're not the the the, res, the rise of the resistance. So they're not the fireflies. <laughs> they're just kind of a group that's fed up with huh, fed up with Fedra. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think we and have a that poster that is kind of just you know moving in their own direction away from them, but also not joining another faction. I guess. Is yeah. What. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, their mission is not really. Super clear. Well, I, I mean, mean, like,
0: from what we get from Kathleen, you know, they're looking for people. And it Henry. seems like, yeah, Henry. Sam. <laughs> um, but it seems like that what who they're looking for are the people that kind of turned in their friends and family members and stuff like that to Fedra mm-hmm. that ended up resulting in their death. And um, so they're trying
1: to, what, reven- avenge their.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, like, it people. seems like that's what it is. And so, like, let's let's talk a little bit about how we, you know, are introduced to Kathleen here. You know, like, the very first thing we see of her is interrogating Stathis uh, Borens, Stathis Borens uh, <laughs> for all of you uh, Cronenberg 1980s uh, fans there.
1: Literally, like, it started, and I was just like, is that Stathis Borens? <laughs> It's like that is
0: Stathisborns, <laughs> and we're bonus weird. points to all of you <laughs> listeners who can tell us what film that is from. Um, look, I gave you '80s and Cronenberg and a character it's name. Right you should be there. able to figure it out. It's um, right there. Yeah, um, but his no. name
1: is actually Edelstein, and the in this John Getz plays Edelstein. Ah, yes, yes, yes. So,
0: <laughs> but you know, like this is the first thing we see is that she is interrogating this guy with a gun on him, and we learn that this Edelstein is you know her doctor that <laughs> delivered, delivered her, her, and you know has been her doctor for her whole life. Life. But uh, what, it, no what were your safe. impressions? Yeah. What were your impressions of uh, Melanie Linsky's uh, Kathleen? Um, you at? know,
1: I mean, she's tough, but she's still Melanie Linsky. Like she still kind of has <laughs> this voice, you know, she does. It's just the way she, you know, she talks. Like, I always think of her like on three and a half or two and a half men. Where yeah. It's just like this kind of dumb. Did- what,
0: like, a, what a strange like career, career turn I know now like here. she
1: had that candy movie this year and, and then Yellow Jackets. Yellow and now jackets she's on yeah. this, so she, She's Good. rolling. Go man. girl. Good for you. But yeah, I mean, it's like she. She has presence But she's also not like Super threatening To where like Maybe that's her Like That's her thing Like, like a you, Yeah you would think Like okay This this like Kind of sweet looking lady's not gonna hurt me And then she just You know like Yeah lets just her. goes nuts Yeah she's well, just, like snapped. But I mean but, we definitely
0: yeah. Get that because and Yeah that you was, see it a little later That yeah. was kind of The thing that I was really impressed with the depth of that character with even the short amount of time that we got there because Mm -hmm. you can tell, you know, she's talking about how her brother was my brother in one of these cells, you know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, but then he wasn't useful to you and stuff like that. You know, she's definitely equating, you know, all these people that worked with Fedra or ratted out on Fedra. I was getting a lot of vibes of like the Nazis back in the day when, you know, the Jews were being ratted out by their neighbors and stuff like that. And, you know, what I I love about this though is like, you know, she comes back after- shit (laughs) yeah well and and but when she goes outside and you know they see some of the people that joel and ellie have killed you know in that confrontation when they first got there she literally asks if one of the wounded is going to survive and then do you remember the line she says she literally says what if i have a doctor Mm -hmm. so like even though she is ready to kill edelstein even Mm -hmm. though she's ready to like you know, shoot him in the head and everything like that. She still has this, like, practicality and selflessness. Just like, well, if I can save this guy, I'm going to get past my animus and my and my revenge to, like, make sure that this person can be saved. Yeah, it
1: might be and useful to have a doctor around even if we're, you know, holding him hostage. Yeah, but then, right? you
0: know, she ultimately, you know, once she finds out that, no, it's not going to make a difference, just yep, beeline right in there and shoots him without C-M-I. hesitation. Yeah, Which is, uh you're right, like, just a cold-bloodedness. But like I said, like, in a very short amount of time, we learn that she is determined she's ruthless but she's also practical.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I think she's just try- probably trying to do her best for this group but she's also has you have I mean you can't live in this world and not be kind of ruthless. It's just the way of yeah. the world, you yeah. know? I mean, there's no you have to think of your you have to be number 1 and the, the people that are, surround you I mean that's just that's it yeah <laughs> that's no, the way it is so, absolutely and yeah she's an interesting interesting character I don't think I, I think I read she's not in the game
0: no okay. this, this character is in in the game and well, from what I've read as well right. sorry I, I mean, haven't played it everyone but again like wrong, but the creator yeah said like you know these are more just like these like so you like know, these
1: characters that you like have to fight and get past in the game that don't have names but they're just kind yeah it's of more like more a militia them. thing it's just like sure. okay here's
0: your mission get get past these people Sure, um, got it. you know but now that you know, right in the show, they get you know a good chance to um, flush these characters out and and give them backstories and give them some stuff. There, there's also seems to be <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> Sorry, I need to tilt this down. Okay. Um, There also does seem to be, um, you know, a problem brewing here um, in Kansas City because we do see her and her kind of like second in command, who is also, uh, I believe, the guy who voiced Tommy in the game, um, Mm -hmm. the last one. So cool shout out there. Um, But, you know, they see this room inside of this building where the ground is just like pulsating underneath like all these like uh, all these like tiles and stuff like that. Um, So I'm assuming this is like, you know, the what is it called? Like the cycloseps or? something like fungus the cordyceps cordyceps, um you know a fungus that is kind of emerging or something from here is that where you were taking i
1: don't know i was kind of confused by that i was like what is happening (laughs) i mean it looks
0: gnarly yeah you know it looks scary
1: Uh, i mean i that's probably correct i just was kind of like what what's happening yeah. what is this?
0: well and it's because you know like all of the problems that everyone faces in the world she's like eh, let's deal with it later mm, <laughs> um, yeah, you right. know? um but it seems like that's going to come back to bite you there but um of course though the big reason why we know about these people is because joel and ellie encounter um some of these people when they get into kansas city um and i gotta say i'm impressed with the uh travel time um <laughs> that they're getting from gas that is again mostly water um as joel tells us at the beginning mm. they went from boston to kansas city pretty fast there well um, i mean we, don't, we didn't Exactly watch their whole trip. Yeah, is that true. what you want to watch? driving? Boston, Kansas City. See, well, I, went, I think they
1: I, were. They were. She said that the whole drive was going to be 25 hours. So this is probably to where they're going. Yeah, no,
0: that makes sense because when I drove from like Decatur here in Illinois to New Hampshire, that was about 20 hours, I think. So yeah. You know. So I
1: mean, they probably driven. Well, I don't know, 10 at this point. Yeah, to Kansas City and there, yeah. but then, so they got
0: halfway there. Good job, guys. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> Got to Kansas City and got assaulted. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, so.
1: But yeah, they encounter some people. The people on the streets well because they're one posing. In particular yeah pretending to need help and of course ellie in her naive mind's like are we gonna help him and joel's like no i know <laughs> and
0: I, I absolutely love that like there's zero hesitation from joel yeah. he's like nope i know what this is Like, yeah. and, and then goes. you know they
1: try to gun it past them but then they come to realize that there's more of them and then it causes the truck to here. yeah to crash into and uh, use an old laundry mat, and then
0: and this becomes like a key key point of uh, of the episode here because this is where Joel kind of has to accept that Ellie needs to be a part of this and not just a cargo, right
1: I mean yeah, towards the end of it at first it's just you know he's trying to get her out of the situation he has yeah. her squeezed through a little hole yeah into his the protector side next takes buildings over. to get away from the gunfire which obviously she's a, a child yeah um, but yeah once he um you know he takes out two of the guys but a third one kind of sneaks up on him and gets the jump on him and is choking him out and Ellie, has to, kind yep. of, you know, she has to step up and and use the gun that she has hidden in her backpack from from bills and yeah, um, shoot the the guy or else you know Joel's yeah and this gone. Is,
0: this is sort of um, this is sort of an interesting like uh, arc to think about when it comes to Ellie because she tells Joel after the fact that that wasn't her first kill um you know that she has but killed but she doesn't it before. want to talk
1: about it she doesn't want to go any farther yeah, than that she doesn't
0: want to it. talk about the rest of that we see her in episode two down in like the little uh cellar area or whatever, she yeah. finds one of the guys, one of the fungal zombies that's still alive down there, and she just like takes her knife and is like cutting into him and stuff like that. Yeah. Um Was that two or three? Two or three. One yeah, of them. Three. But like she you know like the point is that there's like now like this progression of her like getting a little bit more like self assured in the Brave. violence yeah. of the world, I guess is what I'm is what I'm saying. Like, you know, she sees
1: And yeah, she seems to have a lot of the in mannerisms and like abilities to just kind of wipe it away after it happens and not because yeah. like you know you would think like a 13 14 year old girl just shot somebody and she, that she would be like shaking and traumatized but it's just kind of like she she takes a second to take in that she shot somebody and then she just kind of like and then moves on yeah you know? so it's like she's she's kind of got the same she's very much like Joel in that in yeah. that way that she's able to just compartmentalize it
0: yeah and and it's definitely again like kind of showing that this like these like little subtle, not even subtle, but these these little like non spoken ways that these two are connected, right. like you know, kind of spiritually in a way, almost. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, they are kind of like soulmates, I guess, in a way. Um, and how they're dealing with the world. There, what did you think of uh, the scene specifically? Like at the end, there, like when or not the end of the episode, but like at the end of that sequence, where you know we've got this wounded guy now, and he's trying pretty desperately to like you know humanize yeah, like, himself. Yeah, basically,
1: like, oh hey, you know what? Never mind.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Like, My bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I don't yeah. think that's going to work. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's, it's like I said earlier. I mean, you, you just have to look out for the, for yourself and the ones you're with. And I think that's kind of where it is. Even this guy is, you know, backing off and trying to say, like, you know, we'll trade with you. I'll help you. But it's like, you know, we can't we can't trust him. He just shot. He just shot yeah. at us. And stri- well, he's, if, he, five minutes ago, you know, he would have killed me without a thought. So, yeah. Well, you he's know.
0: trying. He's trying everything, too. He's telling him his name. He's asking what their names are. You yeah. know, like he's just trying. It is really. I mean, it's kind of like a. Off.
1: moment, but, I mean, you know, they, they have to do what they have to do, and that's...
0: Yeah, well, and I mean, like, again, it kind of shows, you know, we want to... We, we naturally want to heroize Joel, um, you know, in many, many ways, and there are many valiant uh, characteristics that Joel has, um, but at the end of the day, he's still a pretty... You know, broken, violent. Um, you know, look out for me and only me. Yeah, kind Joel's of guy out. So far.
1: Joel's out to do what he needs to do, and that's it. I don't. Joel's not in the business of making friends or saving people besides the ones he's tasked with. Yeah, and you I know, think, even like with Bill and Frank, like he, as as close as he could have been to them, that was it. I mean, you know, yeah. they, they, there was really no. They didn't really like each other, but as much as they could. But you know, that's yeah. just it. That's just the way Joel well, is. Yeah, he doesn't really what, form
0: relationships. Isn't that what like Bill even wrote in the note He's there? kind like, yeah, just like, I, like never really liked you. But
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess for some, you know, you'll know what to do with this stuff. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's just kind of that's Joel.
0: Yeah, and and I think like what what the beauty of that whole sequence is showing is that, you know, not only just that Ellie you know can be an asset to him you know she's got this kind of same killer instinct that he does maybe not killer instinct maybe that's not the right word but like the action instinct you know when it comes to fight Spring or flight action you know she wants yeah. she chooses the fight yeah
1: and then she you know like i said she doesn't let her emotions get the best of her when she has to make a tough choice like that so yeah
0: i mean like she obviously is a little shook by you know shooting a non you know zombified person for the first time but you're right like once she gets back through the, the hole in the wall and everything like that she kind of feels it for like a split second and then just wipes away and is like okay what else now you know yeah yeah yeah. and so this is i'm sure there's
1: some things in her past that lead her to be that way too and yeah and i mean well i I mean it's
0: got to be some kind of trauma you know i mean this whole world is just god what therapists would do with this world um but you know like it's just an interesting dynamic that's emerging here with joel too because i think he has to really confront in himself if he's gonna let this person into his life he's clearly insanely guarded I think you know ever since that night when he lost his daughter it's been Tommy and I think it's been Tess and I think that's been it you know and Tess was even way down the road and
1: you know he was even guarded before he lost her because it was just him and her so he had to be extremely protective and then for that to have happened on his watch is I'm sure that just probably put him in an absolute spiral where he's been for 20 years and um you know, this is having someone like Ellie come into his life that kind of puts him back in that position is probably nothing he ever expected.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I always find myself uh, thinking about this, too. Like, um, I love that they're just kind of letting us permeate with like the feeling of this world in this show. You know what I mean? It, It reminded me a lot of like the first season or the first couple seasons of Game of Thrones, in a sense, in terms of like, you know, we've got this vast world of, you know, like this vastly different world that we've never seen before that seems a little bit familiar in a couple of ways. But, you know, we don't really explore it as much as, you know, many shows I think would probably want to have as their instinct. We really just kind of get to feel it through the characters, you know, like we're you know, in Game of Thrones, it was really a lot of like, you know, you get the machinations of this world through the people that we're seeing, not really like the settings themselves. And I kind of feel like I'm getting the same vibe from this. Sure.
1: I mean, it's more so just like you're thrust into the story than taking lots of time to explain how we got there and Mm. where we are and how things work. That's kind of what they're doing. And that's that seems to be a a trend in HBO shows, I feel like. (laughs) Well, they just don't waste a lot of time with background information. They kind of let you figure it out on your own and it comes through the characters a little bit here and there in each Mm. episode, but that's kind of what makes it compelling because you want to know more and you don't know it all up front.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's why we have Eric Voss and the new rock. We just Um, have
1: (laughs) these small glimpses of what the virus is and how it started. And like, you know, it's just really, and then, yeah, like Joel Joel, fills in the, but that's his speculation. We don't even know that for a fact that that's what, you know, the, so it's, but it, that, like I said, that's what makes you want to come back every week is because you feel like, oh, no, I, I have to watch it. I'm going to learn something new.
0: Yeah, and not even that. It's just like. You have to hang on every word. You never know when something's going to be very important sure. um, for, you know, further down the road there. So, um, so you know, by, by the time we get to the end of the episode here, um, the militia group is looking for whoever did this to their fellow soldiers. Um, Joel and Ellie are hiding out in a bar at first, and then they find themselves in a, some kind of high-rise tall building. apartment. Some kind of high-rise yeah. building. Um, but, uh, you know, once they again kind of let their guard down and, you know, we seem like we're going to have like a happy moment there, of course it's not going to last. Um, but, yeah, Ellie wakes Joel up. And we have two, um, I don't know, they seem like young boys, right? I mean, I assume they're Henry and Sam, right? That would seem to be my thought. How did they
1: get over Joel's crunchy glass trap? I know, right? (laughs) Well, they're they're sneaky. (laughs) They're They're smarter (laughs) than that.
0: But you know they wake up with uh, their guns trained on both of them, and uh, one of the young boys literally just goes, you know, the sh- like uh, finger over the lips thing to mm-hmm. tell Joel to be quiet. So, what do you think this means? <laughs> you know, like, do you think, like you you said, you you assume this is Sam and and um, Henry and Henry, right? I I mean, I would assume. I don't know. Like, my this thought- is fun because I'm sure there's people like who play the games that are just like, <laughs> of course it's them or something. I mean, I'm like.
1: wondering like, were they already in that apartment?
0: Yeah, or I mean, did they like be...
1: go after Joel and Ellie? Were they watching them? Are they wanting them? Or they... did Joel and Ellie come into their turf? You know, yeah, that, that's, that's a... the question that I was thinking. And like, certainly... did they want, were they trying to track them down for some reason? Or did Joel and Ellie just come onto their, the build... they must have been hiding out in that building and they, you know, don't want intruders because they're hiding. So I don't know. It's one or the other.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that that's a, I think that's a pretty apt description there because You know, from the preview we got for next week's episode, it certainly seems like, you know, Joel and Ellie and these two boys are going to kind of be allied a little bit in whatever is going to be happening next week. Um, So I wonder if, yeah, like maybe there's a little bit more to the story when it comes to Kathleen and her brother. Well, of course, there's always more to the story. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's probably not as cut and dry or anything like that. But if this is those two that she is looking for. And, like, it turns out, you know, they're kind of younger and stuff like that. It kind of definitely puts a little kink in that, you know, sympathetic revenge narrative. That yeah, we get, I mean, if even. these are the
1: ones that rat it out or give something, I mean, they're, they're, they seem like kids, so it seems like there's a... You know, there's a little bit of a gray area of mm-hmm. do we need to just pull put a bu- bullet in these kids head for ratting someone out, or you know, or do we need to leave them a little bit of grace? Yeah, I don't know though, but because we, we don't, I mean, we have no idea. And again, so it could it's, be completely nuts. And but.
0: again, it's that complexity. Again, like na- like the villains, the best villains are the ones who aren't all good or all bad. They're very much in the gray. Or at the least beauty the-
1: of this is, you know, you can find out on Friday because.
0: Exactly. <laughs> the Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl Super Sunday, Bowl. folks. We are not debuting the episode. The new episode is coming out on Friday. We're going to try to get you the next episode a little bit earlier because of that. But we will see. Sarah and I are going to be very much embroiled in activities this weekend. But, um, you know, yeah. we, of course, have uh, all the GG guys that you've been listening to the last couple of weeks. And they're going to get there. Um, so, uh, Sarah, any final thoughts on this episode? What do you think of it? And uh, what do you think about our preview for next week? It looks like some action is is going down yeah looks
1: like we're staying on the same you know people were you know bitching and moaning about last week's diverting from the story so it (laughs) looks like we're we're fully on the joel and ellie track next week um like we said this episode was pretty short and sweet and we pretty much covered all of it um but yeah like we said the i guess introducing this rebel faction and progressing joel and ellie's relationship um was seemed to be the the driving force behind this one and i think it was it was done pretty well and it was nice to see some humanity come from joel and um always fun to hear ellie with her her quirkiness so yeah it was it was a good episode i mean it wasn't probably my favorite of the four so far but i think it kind of it it, it's one of those middle episodes that serves its purpose to move the storyline where it needs to go
0: yeah so So, which was your favorite pun in the episode the diarrhea one i guess.
1: Um, I mean, you know, Hula doesn't love a good poop joke. Yeah, yeah, of course. But you uh, know, yeah. The scarecrow wasn't standing in this field, the algae bra. But you know not, good. Bad. not I do, bad i do love a pun <laughs> you
0: do love a good pun um well tell us your favorite puns everyone yeah. and uh, we'll let you know um and so that's gonna wrap it up for this episode i know this is a shorter one but honestly again shorter episode not a lot of uh new we things don't have to dig a lot into. of game
1: comparisons to make because we can't we don't know so yeah
0: well i was told uh, by phil i think in our front row chat that like the scene with uh, ellie in the magazine in the car is like A literal like shot for shot remake from the game. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty funny. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal. They are just crushing it um, in this in this season. So, um, yeah, everyone. So, yeah, again, shorter episode, but we are loving bringing the show to you. We love our after shows. So, again, reach out to us. Let us know what you thought of this episode and what you think of our theories here, and yell at us for our non-game knowledge. Don't yell, but you know, just
1: just be kind. Of course, yeah. You can find
0: (laughs) us uh, anywhere you find the Front Row Network online at Front Row Reviews with a Z on Twitter. Reach out to us and let us know what you're thinking of The Last of Us. We will be back next week with episode five, all the way through to the finale, episode nine, and it is going to be awesome. Uh, so that'll do it for the podcast of us. I'm Jeremy. I'm Sarah. And as always, stay alive, everyone. I guess <laughs> we'll see you in the front row. podcast of us is a production of the front row network the entertainment division of npr illinois our theme song is the art of silence by uni to find more from the front row network visit npr slash programs slash front row network